Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 437. 37? We, <laughs> oh my gosh, that Did was what my year was, or my birthday was. <laughs> no, or, you're 38. Yeah, well, oh, I'm 38, I know. I was trying to say <laughs> what my birthday was last year. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Numbers are who the fuck knows anymore. Very true. But we are past 2020. That just means everything miraculously is better. Yay. COVID's gone. Yep. Just automatically. uh, Tony's hair looks good. Everything is (laughs) is going great. And because of that, we are going to be 100% positive. No negatives at all on this podcast whatsoever. We will will not talk shit about anything ever anymore. Will people listen to our podcast if we don't talk shit? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but we did talk uh, a lot about a little in a lot of respects. Uh, yeah, kind of flipped it around and have our comic book reviews at the end. We More went on a very news. long diatribe on streaming services, which literally has nothing to do with anything. Except for it's where we get our nerdy content. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, when we're all sitting at home still, we're still in the weird times. We need to have something to entertain us. <laughs> So with that, though, uh, we're going through a transformation like a phoenix and uh, grab a drink and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast, episode 437. New year, new do, who dis? <laughs> you look like you thought Mad Max was happening this year and you thought you would match your hair to that. <laughs> <laughs> Because not only is it funny, but it's true. Like, everything they say is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Except vaginas don't really talk to each other like that. Well, the, the clear sentences. Yeah, not that I'm aware of, at least. I mean, maybe they're doing it on the DL. <laughs> what happens sometimes when I make a random off-color joke? It wasn't even a joke. It was just a dumb thing to say. <laughs> And it turns into actually people using that in comedy. Yes. Yes. Periods are funny, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that actually kind of... uh, No, if I make that analogy, I'm going to get hit. But it works in a way. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Are you calling me an elephant? (laughs) No. (laughs) about womenhood and you know women power and like I said I'm going to sound bad trying to somehow equate that into an opening segment of I want to talk about the horror that was Wonder Woman before I say that um I have to say you have more period things to talk about no yeah um yesterday was Tony's birthday (laughs) happy birthday Tony uh he's very old now you guys so um, if he goes off, like, rambling, it's because he's old. Or, like, if he gets up randomly and walks away from the mic because he has to pee, it's because he has old man bladder now. If, or so. if I don't know words, like, hash. Well, that's just a Tony and... thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pound sign, kiddos. I can't believe I missed your, like, for some reason I thought you turned 37 this year and I was going to, it's your clerk's birthday, but that was last year. Yeah, I sometimes forget how old I am because yeah. I don't ever act my age. And well, that's true. 
Certainly don't do anything my age. <laughs> but I am 38. Yeah. He's such an old guy. I don't, I, I mean, I, I feel like I've aged like 15 years in the past year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 2020 will do that to you. How old were you when you started doing this podcast? It was 2000, so uh, yeah, about, it was probably 29. Wow. That's crazy. 30. That's crazy yeah. that you've been doing it this long. I know. It's been <laughs> forever. Um, and we still haven't gotten our shit together. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've or really trying to, I really need to just pin down the date so I can put it somewhere so I can always reference when we record our first one. Because I'll know it. I'll look it up sometimes. I want to say it was 2012. Actually, yeah, 2012, maybe 2000. Yeah, so then I would have been, I would have been 30, 31 maybe. But I was just thinking that we were, uh, so Don Wells had uh, recently passed away and Derek posted about one of our time at the con and chatting with him and that got us bringing up some of the different years and trying to pinpoint which year that was of when we started going to the cons and then volunteering and then making the podcast and that was all within a couple of years. Um, but we think we pinpointed at least when we started going to the cons and some of our interactions. Yeah. It was a fun trip down memory lane, even though, you know, the sad passing of Dawn, but it was, it was honestly a really cool interaction of just hanging out and her really thinking because Derek wore a jersey that he played (laughs) hockey, (laughs) but. Well, I mean, she did live on an island for a really long time, so. (laughs) (laughs) That was real, right? That wasn't a fake. Wasn't that Gil- wasn't oh. Gilligan's Island a documentary? Yeah, yes. Yeah, sh- <laughs> <laughs> they had all those cameras just set up on the island. Nobody knew, but it was actually the first survivor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on this week's challenge, making a radio out of coconuts. <laughs> no, I do want to talk about that if you're willing to talk about it, Lynn's. Wonder being, Woman. Yeah. So I don't want to. Sp- I don't want to spend a lot of energy on it because Why it not? was bad. Was it? Yeah. I was only going to have positive things to say. <laughs> no, I know you weren't. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to like start our. This is our first show of the new year, unless we're behind in posting. In which case, who knows what year, what month this will actually get put out in? <laughs> we're, all, we're all caught up. Are we? Yes. Um. So I don't want to spend like a ton of energy on some talking about something that was bad because the general consensus is that from everybody that watched it, it was that it was not great. I've had some people trying to defend it, though, and tell me that there was good things, and I want to just be like, were you high? I mean, you can pull good things out of all train wrecks, right? Um, I liked Kristen Wiig's performance in the first half of the movie. Yeah, I think she did really, really well. And I um, I like Max Lord initially, like his villain. I didn't... The... End of the movie was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and I have a lot of things to say about, um, like, I have questions about the whole interaction between uh, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. You're talking about rape? Yeah, no, I, it's yeah. A, that's something that I never truly thought of before, obviously being the guy side of it, and also thinking like, but it's not. It's, but then I've read enough on the internet where I've turned, I guess so. So... I mean, when the movie ended, I was like, so Wonder Woman had sex with Steve Trevor, right? We're all in that under that consensus. But that's not Steve Trevor's dick. That's some other dude's dick. So 
I'm not going to go so far as to be like, let's cancel Wonder Woman because of it, because this is a completely fictional fucking movie, yeah. and no- nothing like that would ever happen in real life. It's just an impossible scenario, so to get mad about it is completely ridiculous. That's true. I never really thought about that. <laughs> impossible scenarios. Why are we... Right. Why are we mad about it? Um, so my, But my question was like, and they kind of answered it at the end with that stupid little interaction between... Uh, Diana and that dude in the fucking Christmas market. And I feel like they only put this scene in so that they could kind of answer the question of like... Why is it coming out at Christmas? No. Of, was he there? Was that dude there while Steve Trevor was in his body? Like, was it one of those... like Steve Trevor was in her body. (laughs) Was it one of those like scenarios where like he could also see what was going on? Or like... Did he... Did he have missing quantum time? Leap. Quantum leap. He's at the other spot. Yeah. So I, maybe dead. That's dead. The other spot is oh dead. Oh my god! <laughs> now I've just realized all the times on quantum leap that would also be rape. I don't even want to explore these. It's impossible scenarios, so let's not go. Right, on right, that. right, right. So like, you know, but at the end, like they meet in the market, and he doesn't recognize her, which tells me that he didn't. He wasn't there. Yeah. When it, but where did he go? He didn't seem fucked up, so that means he wasn't living through some like nightmarish hellscape in which his body was in a dead body, or his mind was in a mm-hmm. dead body, or... I don't know. The whole thing was super fucking weird. I... It's... I will say with the body thing, brings up so many conundrums. I, I like the, the thought of using a different body, like that whole thing of like, it wasn't just Steve that came back. Because it would raise some eyebrows to anyone that would remember him or see pictures or whatever so they could kind of get around some of that and it also in a monkey's paws fashion and this is the biggest thing i fucking hate about this movie is nothing in this movie was a fucking monkey paw wish except for that could have been when you wish for the person back and they give it to you but not physically your intention was i want the whole thing Mm -hmm. the twist the monkey paw is you get the mind but not the, the body thing so, okay, in one sense, that is kind of a monkey paw thing, because otherwise, why was he not just brought back his body? Fucking walls can come out of places, and you yeah. can automatically have your land back. People can be cured from cancer, but you can't just, when she wants him back. Bring back so that's where I thought the twist was for her wish, because monkey paw, you got to give up something, or something's got to be fucked up in the wish. And then there's another important wish, Barbara being like wanting to be like um, Diana, so cool, you're going to start becoming more sexy and this and that, but that unintended consequences is you're you're pulling on her powers because you saw that dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, Barbara was getting more powerful. Wonder Woman was getting weaker. And I thought that was the twist in that wish. No, the, the negative effect of that wish was that she became a huge bitch. Yes. And the negative effect of Wonder Woman's was not that Steve was in a different body. It was that... She then was losing her powers. Why? How is that tied into the wish? It's the thing what the that's fu- most important to you. When has she ever been, I'm powerful, has been the most? Because that's pretty well, fucking narcissistic. I don't think you have to say it, but clearly she thinks that her powers are important to her. Just like apparently Kristen so, Wiig's character so again, was like, so my niceness is the most important thing about again, me. Again, lopsided wish. So you didn't give all Steve because you thought I thought that was supposed to be the monkey paw part of it yeah the twist 
you did it twice. But then, of course, you give out extra wishes at the end anyways to someone who already had a wish, so yeah. why the fuck not? Yeah. it was. And everyone renounced their wishes at the end? Is that what I was supposed to believe? Well, I think because Max Lord renounced his wish, it automatically renounced everybody else's wishes. Because that's how it works. I guess. Who the fuck knows? I mean, yeah, she can fly now. So, ride, ride the lightning. Oh, my God. Metallica should start playing in the background. And she just turned things invisible. So... Before getting into my my biggest complaint, we'll we'll get off this topic, but I just oh, it was bad. there's so much that was bad that I wish uh, is something I just recently found out um, now after watching the movie, the Dreamstone. You know what the Dreamstone is? No. Who's named Dream? Well, Dream oh. is. Oh 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 oh. It oh. is one of his three artifacts in oh. the Sandman series. That is a pretty fucking powerful DC artifact. Probably more powerful than the the well, mother boxes. Well, I did boxes. about the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another thing, right? Not to get off your topic, but it's kind of related. Like, just everybody remembers that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no. No. Yeah. Well, there was like a wish was, of just forget. Yeah. So, like, Bruce Wayne was alive in the eighties. Does he not? Remember when fantasies were coming true? Does he not remember that the world almost ended and also Wonder Woman was there? Because when he sees her in the video later, it's like he doesn't know who she is. But Well, one thing I would say about Batman, I think he had an inclination that she was out there just like he was kind of following some of the other mm-hmm. heroes. I don't think he was 100% surprised that there was. But yeah, he wouldn't, he, seeing, knowing, yeah. for sure, yeah. Right. Yeah, it, it breaks seems... all continuity. And he's worried about Superman. He's worried about this alien bringing about the end of the fucking world and he knows that this woman who has crazy ass superpowers is out there running around not worried about that is it because she's a woman are you sexist batman i mean we know you are but (laughs) why is he so worried about superman but can give two shits less about wonder woman fucking she almost caused the end of the world Let's be realistic here. She made the first wish. That started the whole thing. No, technically Coffee Dude did. Coffee Dude did? Yeah, the guy that was like, I wish I had a coffee, just nonchalantly. And that's, oh. Technically, that was the first wish. But. Yeah. But still. Anyway. There's a lot of continuity errors. There's a lot of things that just. It, I don't. They didn't have to shoehorn in the fucking invisible jet. I thought that was fucking ridiculous. So, they didn't have to shoehorn in, like, what I'm sorry, a- did Steve Trevor never see fireworks ever in his lifetime? Okay, that's what I want to get to, but I'm going to end <laughs> on that note. Uh, the the whole thing of it being 84, why? What made that 1984? There was a couple one-off uh, shots of some people wearing some neon. The whole uh, Trevor dressing up was kind of funny and cool, and, and what's a fanny pack? And then a little bit of the fish out of the water of what are these and stuff, even though, as we said before, the fireworks, a lot of that shit also existed when he was alive. Yeah, trash cans existed when he was yes. alive. Escalators did. Like, when you really research, actually do some research, which writers should probably do, right. you you might realize that... And, and again, the whole fish out of water thing, we already did it within the first one. Yeah. But that was to set up this world, which then, beyond that, Never felt like it was 1984. No. And they did 1984 after following up on what Thor Ragnarok did, which Thor Ragnarok wasn't even an 80s movie. They had some things that they took themes of the 80s, 
um, and in some of their marketing to kind of uh, add that kind of element of feeling kind mm-hmm. of retro. And they did a better job of not being 80s with being, or being 80s with not being 80s in Thor than this did with, it's Actually, 1984, it's in this timeline, it's yeah. this and that. So, they obviously, like it, to me it felt like an 80s movie in that they did the stupid fucking montage, the clothing montage, which seems to exist in almost all 80s movies. They did like the fucking mall scenes. Which, of course, exists in all... Like, the mall was the place in the 80s to be. But, yeah, beyond that... I mean, I don't... I don't care. So... <laughs> this movie was... Stupid. Going back to the fireworks, and this is where I lost my shit on this movie. Was that line... Well, the whole scene, beautifully shot. You need to somehow explain that this jet that they're on can slow down time. Because you would... F- fly right through all those fireworks let alone that could be dangerous if one of those got into your intake valve of a fucking jet fighter like you don't just send them through missiles and shit and fireworks are explodey things right the invisible i guess gives force fields who knows but that whole scene was only set up with the dumb line of what are those oh yeah i forgot it's the fourth of july that line is now the line that i I'm using in the rest of my life for anything that is just so stupid that I can't even. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to even attempt. I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's the 4th of July. And people can try to understand <laughs> what the, that means. It's the new, like, what happens to a toad when it's when it gets hit yeah. by lightning line. Yeah. <laughs> like, nowhere <laughs> in this movie, except for that line, to set up this fireworks scene, was it the 4th of July? Yeah. Had there even been at least a poster somewhere to set that up? Right. Cool. Why does it matter that it's the Fourth of July? Why? Why? Why did? Why did there have to be fireworks? Yeah. Like I don't. And the things that they did in this movie. Yeah, well, you know what? Almost that, all of them. I was like, why? Do I know how world breaking that is though? Why? They should have did like uh, Yuletide celebration or something why? to make it set in winter. Cause you want to know why? When everyone is wearing long fucking coats, when Barbara tells the bum, "Please stay warm tonight. It's gonna be a cold one." Fourth of July comes in July, mm-hmm. the most humid, hottest fucking month mm. DC ever has in mm-hmm. most of the states as well. It is not fucking cold enough to where they are all wearing furs half this movie. Sure. This is not a winter movie. This is set now Fourth of July, yeah. except for it's not. <clears throat> yeah. That is how stupid this movie is. It was pretty dumb. I have so many more things to say. I don't know. <sighs> I was. I was. So they sold the this movie with the armor on the poster, right? Oh, that lasted, oh, what, 10 seconds? What the fuck? Like, seriously? Holds back like all of man. cheetah claws could fucking tear through that metal that held back armies? Are you kidding me? And also, like, all right, well, I'm glad you wore that for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I the, the thing I enjoyed most about this was um, Linda Carter at the end. Being the war, that was you know, kind of yeah. They she said that she looked for her a couple times and couldn't find her. Only found the armor, but there she is, yeah. which I thought was just a nice little homage to the original Wonder Woman. But yeah, and that was cool. I'm glad you feel the same way. I, actually, I would say my my friends that I do feel are true yeah. nerds, and not trying to gatekeep or anything, but. There's the general... Some people that don't read comic books or know things will just be like... They'll give the excuse because they want to, like... 
it wasn't good. Or they'll say, my nine-year-old nephew liked it. That's fine. Nine-year-olds have no taste in movies. (laughs) Exactly. Like, nine-year-olds liked the original trilogy when it came out. Star Wars trilogy. Like, the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Kids aren't a good barometer of a successful movie. And even critics aren't, uh, you know, in that realm for what makes a... I mean, obviously, the box office sales. And we can't really compare that here. But when you market a movie towards people like you and me, right. adults, right. you don't care what the other people that aren't marketed to feel. Sure, right. they're going to say, it's cool, um, whatever. All of it was ridiculous. Like, I don't care if you are a comic book fan or not. Like, the fucking plot was terrible. The, t- the pacing of the movie was terrible. The writing... The fucking dialogue in the movie was terrible. Like, none of none of it that was good in the original one, like, bled through into the second one. The, the idea of love being, like, Wonder Woman's thing, right? She fights for love. Like, so heartwarming and real in the first one. The fucking end scene where she talks to everyone by putting her lasso around Max Lord and talking to everyone through the fucking cameras about love... I'm just like, (laughs) this is so fucking stupid. So this is what Wonder Woman's doing with her life now? She's just fucking talking people down off ledges? Is that her power now? (laughs) I mean, come on. In the comic books, at some point, Wonder Woman kills Max Lord by strangling him to death with the lasso of truth. Where was that? (laughs) That's what I wanted. (laughs) Give me that, Wonder Woman. I. It was just ridiculous. So we don't. Yeah, I mean, we both agree it was bad. If you are a fan of movies, don't watch it. If you're planning on watching it, or if you like terrible movie night and you know going into a terrible, have fun making fun of it because yeah. you just will. Right. Yeah, it's pretty. So I mean, it did well in the box office, right? Because there was fucking nothing else for it to go up against. It and enough people watched it on HBO that they automatically greenlit it for a third movie and I'm hoping that even though it did well that they hear all the criticism about this movie and like get their shit together (laughs) (laughs) so I just come on come on even like the see you got me off on a tangent now this is why I didn't want to talk about it even the um (laughs) the scene it at in in thigh mascara the mascara whatever however you say that mascara um, where they're doing the fucking contest. Like, when when you're introduced to that island and to those women in the original one, you get such, like, a feeling of power and, like, pride and who they are and stuff like that. And this was just, like, oh. But so we learned that because Diana took a shortcut that she shouldn't win. Yeah, because in almost any type of movie... That smart out thinking is what wins in the day right. over brawn and, and everything. Right. So I'm like, all right, all right, well, now I just think her aunt's a cunt. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, I, I watch, watch and... You know, it, already this has turned into an unofficial, like, movie review. We I can know. just keep going. And I was, and... I was worried. That's why I didn't want it to become that, because I knew we both did not enjoy it. Um, so we can move on. All right, let's move on. Uh, I can tell you something I watched that I did enjoy, which was the Death to 2020 Black Mirror special. That was hilarious. That was not what I... People talking about it, 
and they're like Samuel Jackson's part of it. So I'm like thinking, okay, maybe it's a stand up night of just comedians talking the death of 2020. I could get behind that. Let's turn it on. And then I turn it on. I'm like, real footage. Wait, these are actors. Okay. Is that Samuel? And then I'm realizing, oh, they're playing bit parts. Yeah. In it, it was really well done. I liked it. It was enjoyable to watch. Yep. So, you know, watch that. <laughs> Actually, also, too, Cobra Kai Season 3 just came out. Uh, I'm not all the way through it, but it's great. Yeah. It's still... The things in that show... Again, honestly, if you've never watched the original Karate Kid, it is a good show regardless. You don't need to have any back... But you're going to enjoy it way more having at least knowledge of all the things that they are just throwing in your face for just nostalgia purposes. Mm. But they're doing it in a way that is purposeful because that's the point of the show. But in in some cases where people are like, oh, they're just throwing it in there to get like some clickbaits or something or people talk. Uh, no, they're doing it in a, in a well-mannered way. I would I don't want to compare it to The Mandalorian because Mandalorian has, I feel, a lot more... Um, sets and everything and designs that they're doing and probably a little bit more money behind it as well. But you think? You think a little bit more money behind the Mandalorian? <laughs> but <laughs> in the way that the Mandalorian handles it so perfectly, right. Cobra Kai has done it just incredibly well. And so new third season and all ever already that some people have that have finished it are speculating for what the fourth season could be. Mm. I remember when this came on YouTube Red I want to say it's 2016, maybe. Maybe it's 2017 when it first initially debuted on that. I'm glad that it's now found a new home on Netflix. Yeah, because I, I would not have watched it otherwise. And to be honest with you, I haven't watched it. I watched a couple episodes of, the, of season one, and I found all the characters to be very unlikable. And I can't watch movies. Like, like I know, I know that that changes throughout mm-hmm. the show, but it's the same reason I, I started watching The Office and never finished it, because I can't... Bring my like if I don't connect right away, then I can't. Like if I'm not if I don't care about what happens to the people <laughs> in the show, then I don't want to keep watching it. And that's kind of what I got out of the first couple episodes of Cobra well, Kai. Well, you brought up uh, the Office, which was something I was going to bring up anyways oh. too. So now the Office is officially on Peacock, right? Instead of Netflix, and tons of people are upset about that because well, you can watch Peacock for free. Kind of. You have to watch ads. Well, also kind of for the office and everything. There are three different tiers on Peacock. There is free, which mm-hmm. means you get some of some things with ads. You can pay $5, which means you get everything with ads. And then there's a third tier, which is $10, which you also get everything in some ads. It's not even ad-free. Mm. It's some ads. Now, granted, from what I've heard, those ads are... Kind of like Amazon Prime, where they more or less are talking about their own shows. So, like, check this out. So, I don't consider those really ads, but that's kind of just what I was reading up on. So, for free, The Office, the first two seasons are free. Mm. With some ads. That's... So, yes, it's not necessarily free, and there's a couple other shows on there. But what does Peacock have? Like... I do love The Office, and I did have a second run at it when it was on Netflix, but... We've they... been watching Kitchen Nightmares on Peacock recently. Do you have it, or you just got the free version? We have the free version. I just, I don't see it becoming a thing for people paying. Sure, to be able to easily look up some shows, right. um, if 
most everyone had Netflix, and I think that's part of the reason why people are upset. Like, it's going from one of the most well-distributed platforms to let's throw Peacock out there, which we all know how we feel about new streaming services. Right. and There's too many. Their greed. Yeah. Like, no one's going to sign up for this. So we're hoping that it fails, um, at least fans of The Office as well as any other shows, because... Right now, I can catch a Brooklyn Nine Nine on Hulu because mm-hmm. we have Hulu. But if that all of a sudden goes to Peacock, I'm gonna be really upset because I still really enjoy that show. Right. Superstore is another show that I enjoy. I guess I don't really need to stream them later on since I am watching them. So sure, if they go to Peacock and they want to put them behind a paywall, fine. But I don't want them to bypass at least the service that I am paying for. Right. So I can watch it. Or you could just now. throw an antenna on your television and watch it. Live TV yeah. over the air. Yeah, I have not done that since so the, the Great Depression. Josh and I went to um, we took a, a COVID vacation at a cabin in the middle of the woods in southern northern Michigan. So like not northern northern Michigan, but like right where people are kind of like, oh, we're in northern Michigan. Um, and they didn't have internet there, and they barely had like television. Um, and it was 100% antenna television. And so we watched some television. And it is like, oh, my God. Not only is it crazy because you forget how many commercials there are during a show, but you forget about, like, the local commercials. You know. Like, the really bad commercials that they make for local mm-hmm. businesses. You don't see those Come on anymore. down to Sunday, and Sundays, we'll get you this, we'll put you yes. in a thing for blah, blah, blah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm thinking that because people don't watch television anymore, maybe we need to start marketing ourselves to these local businesses for <laughs> podcast commercials. It's true. <laughs> Well, that's a good segue. We're just going to kind of go down some news right now because we're already on it, and I only have, like, two other things left to talk about. All right. Uh, But people not watching things. Um, It has been released that Game of Thrones, after season eight, half of all HBO people canceled. Oh, wow. Like, obviously it wasn't just a cut, like, Cut and dry, you know, but... Why? There's been so much good things on HBO since Game of Thrones. I, I don't know. They It just... It's been coming out, like I said, looking at those key demographics and how they get all those numbers and everything. the Watchmen. Well, yeah. I'm not saying that it was the smartest of things, because HBO County. has a lot of good shit going yeah. on. And... It's, and Yes, there is times when you want to just say, fuck you guys for ruining this, and HBO was part of that yeah. problem, but you also got to look at it as, still HBO has some good fucking shit, yeah. and now that it's all rebranded to HBO Max, and they, Doom Patrol, people, please go watch that and finish it, I'm so glad it's getting more, I love that show it's so much. It's the only streaming service you can watch the Impractical Jokers on. Actually, a lot of, <laughs> a, fucking love that a show. great thing, uh... <laughs> They're doing a lot of adult... They're taking a lot of Adult Swim's content. Um, obviously, Cartoon Network and all that, owned by Time Warner, AT... I forget what they're called yeah. now. I think it's AT&T would be the technical top umbrella, and then Warner Brothers and HBO are division. I'll look that up sometime and maybe get it right. Regardless, uh, this Dis- D- Disney wannabe yes. group uh, is putting all their stuff on HBO Max and kind of really selling that, which it is... 
making it more of not a need but a decent uh if you're gonna pay the 15 bucks a month you're getting a lot for it yeah. and that's kind of when i you know is it worth it i think out of all the things that are there netflix is always worth it um hulu if you like watching some things and you don't have full cable there's some decent things so that's okay disney plus if you like that stuff I still don't think it's worth it worth it yet. They Disney? have some good... Once they start cranking out some more things... It was worth it just for that last episode oh, of Mandalorian. I'm thinking just year-round. Like, it was one of those things of, like, do I, would, I always need I would, it? I would have paid a full year in advance just to be able to watch that. Yes, it is good. <laughs> just that But one. HBO Max is, is also, I would say, the top three. Amazon Prime even, I don't feel as... It's worth it if you already have Amazon, so yeah. I guess that's a really big worth it. Well, Amazon Prime is worth it because you get free shipping on all that's of your Amazon saying. purchases. Yeah. And also, like, it is good for finding, like, some old movies. Um, so I have all of those. Plus, we have um, Apple TV because we have Apple. We have the Apple TV service. Um, and there's some decent stuff on there, although I don't think they've come into their own. We also have CBS and, and Showtime. I think we also pay for. What is on Showtime? Um, I think Josh got it to watch. There was a particular show, I think. Uh, I think it was, yeah, well, and Kidding. Did you ever watch Kidding with Jim Carrey? Yes. That's on Showtime, I believe. It's also on Prime, too, now. Is it on the first yeah. season? Um, That's where I watched it, so yeah. I've only watched that. Um, but, so, and, and then Josh just got me the Criterion collection streaming service which i've been watching the shit out of because i fucking love old movies i was gonna say yeah that's gotta be great with some oh god i love it i love it so much and those are our sponsors this week on joke <laughs> on comics starting a new year with all the streaming services well, it's funny because i asked josh the other day as we were watching something as we were going through all of our fucking streaming services trying to figure out something to fucking watch and like spending an hour just searching all of these damn services before we could find something we agreed on or we just gave up. And I was like, is this worth it? I was like, are we at the point where we should just have cable now? And Josh was like, I will never have cable. I would rather pay $150 a month for, which is not what we pay, but he said I would rather pay $150 a month for all these different streaming services than ever go back to cable because at least now I can choose where I want to go. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But still... <laughs> Sometimes it's nice just to have things chosen for you. <laughs> so if you sometimes can't uh, get uh, what what you need on streaming services, there's always the jolly good internet to set sailing for in those pirate bays that they we have there. We do not. I know. Condone, I'm not. I'm not saying condoning any of that. We do not condone do illegally downloading people's art. But this brings up one other. <laughs> kind of final top topic I had kind of on news and then we'll get into some book reviews and that is uh, Torrent Freak one of the torrent uh, websites that talks about information uh, has brought about the list of most downloaded uh, TV show torrents that they've they've gotten over this past year okay this list usually always had the number one spot it used to be Game of Thrones that was had records of people downloading it the most. Sure. Because at the time, people hadn't heard yet that it was going to end terribly. We all had hope still. So 
this year, the most t- torrented uh, is The Mandalorian. Ah. So that's what you bringing that up reminded me uh, to relook at this list because I was like, I think that, yeah, that got top spots. Yeah. Second is The Boys. Oh, and then yeah. The third is Westworld. And then Vikings, Star Trek, Picard. Still have yet to see that. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet because I don't pirate, but... <laughs> and then uh, Rick and Morty, uh, sixth place, and then it goes on down from there of different, different TV shows. But yeah, those are the top uh, most downloaded and torrented. And really, when you think about it, these are these are all things that are primarily on paywall things, not uh, easily accessible. Right. So regular basic cable or TV or anything where people can. People are going to pirate when there's not easy ways to get about stuff. Now, granted, these are TV shows that there is an easy way. And again, which services these are on, it makes sense that um, it's easily accessible. So it's I don't think people should be torrenting these type of things. But when it goes into as the Criterion Collection or anything, there's some old fucking movies I can't find on any streaming service mm. that I just want to watch. I'm like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in ages. Where is it? You can't even rent yeah. it. Yeah, that's where I know. Um, it's weird, and there's a lot of stuff on there, and but I can guarantee you, there's stuff that's not on. Like, there's a ton of really cheesy '80s movies that like aren't on the Criterion Collection and probably not able to be found anywhere except for like, you know, if you're if your town still has a fucking video store in it, it's probably like in their fifty cent section or something like that, you know. But, yeah, I think that it's funny because people are anti-ad in their media, you know what I mean? Like, they don't want to see commercials and stuff like that, but then they don't want to pay for a service, so it's like, well, how do you think television was free for a really long time? It's because other people were paying through it, for it through ads, and how are they going to make this stuff if people aren't paying for Serve, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that, like, I get it, not everybody can afford to have a streaming service, but also, like, if you enjoy it, then you should pay for it because they're not going to keep making it if people aren't paying for it, they don't have the money. (laughs) You just gotta, you gotta pay for shit. I mean, you just have to. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoy it, you should pay for it so that you can keep enjoying it, or you know, you get fucking season eight of game of thrones where people were downloading it in mass and then they ran out of a budget and just kind of threw a last season together yeah <laughs> that's your warning guys <laughs> all right do you have any new- other news no. <laughs> no there was no news this week you know the week between christmas and new year's is like a black hole there was not actually a, i surprisingly a lot of big christmas uh, issues that came out because uh, obviously we recorded our other one be- the week before Christmas and uh, was even still thinking there'd be some more Christmas books coming out, but there there really weren't. Um, yeah. Well, why I say that when then something in my book there is Santa in it, so never mind. There are a few things, so don't. But there were there were a lot less issues also shipped. Um, having this whole industry where it's all about trying to flood the market with all your shit and have people buy it, they've obviously kind of rescinded on some of that because not all shops are open everywhere, and so things are trickling out. But uh, I do want to quick talk about Transformers, and this can get into a 
the reason why I want to talk about this is Transformers Escape, number one. And there's a couple reasons uh, why I bring this one up. One, I don't know where this takes place necessarily in the timeline of the new Transformers books. Uh, as I've talked uh, a lot about the old series they had from uh, IDW, they're, they kind of are starting over, whole new canon, whole new everything. And with that comes characters that are mostly what we know and, and love in their personality. However, I don't sometimes know or even love or really just don't know yet to love them who some of these characters are. Mm. And I bring this up to you because as a person that isn't a big Transformers fan, if I showed you a giant Mack truck, right. who is that? Optimus Prime. Yes. You should know that. Anyone should right. know that. A silver gun. Who would that be? Um, isn't that... Um... What's his name? Meg Megatron? Yes, see? Yeah. You could get that. <laughs> so for a fan of reading the comic books, I would know a hell of a lot more than just those two basic. But even you know... Is it so a normal-sized gun? Sorry. Does he turn into a normal-sized handgun? Uh, it, uh, matter displacement. He can turn into one that the, okay. the giant robots you also can have. All you to do is say matter displacement, and you yeah. answered my question. Yeah. You know what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> So you have some different Transformers that, for me, I would know their names. Uh, mm -hmm. The iconic ones most everyone should know. You might probably know who the T-Rex would be, Grimlock, because big iconic. Those aren't the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about the characters in these comic books that, again, aren't those main big people that someone off the streets would be able to get. And that's hard for me. Being mm -hmm. a fan, I know a lot even more characters than you would. Mm -hmm. But you reading this, you would be like, who is that person how, where is this person coming from? And then with that comes their personality. What makes it up? We all know Optimus Prime is always going to be that person that is all about peace and everything. Mm -hmm. And Megatron's always kind of, he doesn't just want like war. He wants like his... It's like a Superman Magneto situation. Yeah. Not even an Xavier Magneto. Like a Superman and Magneto situation. Like in, in, in all universes, you're always going to have a Starscream that his basic personality is... I want to one-up my and take over. That's kind of the characteristics. Now, they can change slightly in different universes, but if you really had a Starscream that just was, like, subservient and just was like, yes, Megatron, or did whatever, you wouldn't call that person Starscream. And you kind of probably even, growing up in the 80s, I just know, remember Star his really annoying voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said... This uh, series obviously is within the new realms of this whole new uh, continuity that they've they've made, but I'm I'm I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's how do you follow these transformers with one head looks this way on a body of like like a car, and it's the heads that are only changed from the different models that makes you know this is this person. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like they like, popped the head off one thing and put it in on yeah. another. Yeah. Like it's Wolverine, like you, you know. the like, heads of your Barbie dolls, right? Yes. <laughs> and this doesn't happen to those iconic people, like I said. There are no other giant trucks that look anything like Optimus right. Prime. There's no other things with, like, a gun cannon on their arm that look like Megatron. But there are side characters and background characters that I feel like they can't. They can only come up with so many designs for right. each individuals, or just like let's just have this body design and stuff. So I'm kind of that's kind of my whole thing against Transformers right now. Plus the many different new TV shows that are coming out because you get those slight variations of uh, 
personalities. I guess what I'm saying is I'm kind of going on a tangent of not liking Transformers. However... This particular comic book, not Transformers in general. Yeah, yes. But there's one thing in here that, that really is bringing it into more of a philosophical book. And I'm like, damn, I might get deeper meaning reading Transformers. So they haven't been coming to Earth, but they have uh, explained that there are other alien races within the universe that have come to Cybertron to live kind of harmoniously with them. So they're kind of more bipedal type humanoid looking. Okay. Um, a little bit, you know. Not robots. Yeah, not robots, but, you know, a little like maybe fish looking creatures sure. or something. Or Does Cybertron have well, oxygen? It has an atmosphere, so yes. Does it? Or maybe these things don't breathe oxygen. That's they fair. believe uh, car exhaust. <laughs> so they're thriving. I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Their whole atmosphere is probably made up of exhaust fumes. <laughs> Big old CO2 barrier around the planet. <laughs> but it, it just, uh, it was uh, this thing of, you know, you can change constantly. As is one of these alien races of talking about being safe and how they don't ever feel safe. But you can change constantly as is your nature. And you change hardly at all because your deaths are so long postponed. So, like, this duality of them that is conflicting, you know. You know you're endowed with souls, yet you rarely grasp the doubts and sorrows that brevity and uncertainty grant the rest of us. Pretty much taking even religion and everything, you know that there's an after spark and afterlife. Most humanoids, most races in the universe don't necessarily always know that, or maybe it doesn't happen, but we're going to talk about this universe and there is and i'm just like i've never really thought about those deep thoughts and here's this person just kind of laying it out to them about you know you can be glacially slow because you live with the abundance of time but you can be impetuous and careless because error and consequences seem transitory you expect to outlive them oh this book really challenged your pronunciation skills didn't it (laughs) <laughs> I can read the color red. <laughs> I say the words in my head, Lens. I don't need to say them out loud. No, it's, no it is funny because you are definitely the type of person who learned words from reading mm-hmm. than from hearing them, right? Because you... Well, how would you say impetuous? No, yeah, that's right. Oh. It was just I could see the struggle. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to see the struggle. Our listeners just heard you pronounce them correctly. Um... Yeah, that is kind of like a, that's the whole, like, you've, you've seen the invention of line, right? The Ricky Gervais movie. Yeah. Um, where he invents that there's a afterlife for his mother so that she wouldn't be afraid of moving on and, and how giving people something to look forward to drives their whole motivation in life and the choices that they make. Um, if I thought that I could had a long time to live, then I would definitely have made different choices in my life because it matters less what I do today because I have a lot of time to fix it. Whereas, like, I know I'm probably I'm fat, so I'm probably gonna die in like my sixties <laughs> from a heart attack. So, like, you know, I gotta live now. So yeah, that's kind. Of, it's a definitely a, a deep notion for a Transformers book. Yeah. So like I said, I was kind of <laughs> almost on like I don't want another Transformers book because of the reasons that I'm a little not enjoying it. The, with just the all these other characters that are coming in and going yeah. that you don't know who the fuck they are. But however, yeah. you the had some stuff like this, and it's like, 
Well, damn. Now, you know, I'm kind of cool with new characters and these humanoid creatures interacting with giant robots. Like, all right, I guess keep huh. it up, people. You've sold me back. So this whole new, I don't know if this is going to be a whole mini series or a whole ongoing, but um, I do know that there's to be continued at the end because of some cool things that are revealed with, again, another person that I personally don't know right. being revealed. And I will say this, too, with as much love I do have for Transformers, I can say there is a chunk of time when I didn't watch some of the more cartoony mm-hmm. for kids, mm-hmm. you know, they uh, geared they towards. They have a whole rescue bot. Yeah, pretty much that. And some yeah. of that I, I learned from, you know, my niece and nephews because they watch it and just, you know, understanding there's different alt forms. But right. again, even that, those have the main characters that I could name just by looking at them. Uh, so, yeah. So that's, uh, that's that. I still think. It's good for Transformers fans, but probably not for, yeah, those who aren't. Is it meant to draw in maybe a new audience with characters that they don't feel are like, oh, now I have to go back and explore the entire back catalog of Transformers? No, but I mean, this even has, I mean, this has some of the main characters, and I'm not even just saying this one in particular, it's all the Transformers books as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was going on a tangent of some of the things, because this has Hoist, who I know who it is. It has Wheeljack in it. But yes, these are a little bit some of the secondary characters that some people wouldn't have. Uh, Alita 1's in here. Again, just, or Nautica's in here, not Alita 1. But again, you, those names don't mean nope. anything to you. And nope. Transformers fans would at least know who the hell they are. Yeah. But until some of them, like I said, until they said the person's name... Trying to be like, which bot are you? You're not one of the yeah. top like twenty, so I don't know. Just a generic looking transformer. So, what do you have to review? Um, so I am neglecting my duties as a comic book reader slash podcaster. So I haven't read much recently, but I was getting caught up on the Department of Truth. So, if you can recall, the Department of Truth was. The first issue is about this guy who falls into this convention of flat earthers, like, gets in with the rich people who are running the convention, gets taken to the edge of the world and shown that the earth is flat sort of situation. And then the Department of Truth shows up and explains, well, because this conspiracy has taken on so much belief in the real world, it's manifested itself as real. So they kill everybody that's involved in this little conspiracy there at the moment to erase the fact that the the earth was actually flat (laughs) and then take this dude back to who is a reporter back to become a part of the department of truth so i thought the whole idea original idea of the book was really interesting because conspiracies have and always have had such a a way of like drawing people into them and even if you don't believe them it's always really interesting to listen to what some people believe even though it sounds completely ridiculous like you just hear it come out of their mouths and you're like oh my god this person is a nutcase but like also could you imagine if that was true mm-hmm. <laughs> so the second issue um deals with the what they called the satanic what is going on <laughs> how dare you do that in the middle of my review do what <laughs> You look like <laughs> a chia pet where only the top of it has started growing. 
like one of those woolly willies. You know, the magnetic things where you can make the oh, facial yeah. hair, except they've left a little bit on the top and then put the rest on their face. Are you going to keep going? Is, this, trying, is there more roasts? Are you trying to grow a mohawk? I'm, I'm Viking-ish. No. no. Untrue. <laughs> so I was, I was honestly just going to... So I, I was planning on this in the middle of your review, just doing this because I thought it would be funny. People at home don't understand what the hell is going on. So I was wearing a hat uh, when we started recording this, and I was waiting until she was going to review and just take it off. So I was, uh, I got some new clippers, and I was going to just shave my head bald, start a whole new year, new look and everything. And then at the time of doing it, I was like, I haven't had a mohawk in a while. Maybe I'll rock a mohawk for a little bit. And obviously I'm losing my hair, so it's not a great mohawk. But You look like, you know how when babies first start growing hair and they get that really wispy hair on the top mm-hmm. of their head? That's what that looks like. <laughs> you look like a guy <laughs> a guy who's been rocking a comb over for a while and then stuck his finger in a light socket. <laughs> you look like you're going for like a reverse fryer tuck. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't do. I, I think for what I could do, I did a decent job, but I don't think it's that good. Oh, or anything. oh, it's worse than the pole. <laughs> Why did you show that to me? End of Drunk on Comics. I think I killed Linz. I don't know how I can cut out your laughter because uh, <laughs> it'll be such a jump. I know. It's been so long. It's a lot of laughter. It's like, really? You actually, the back is nice and even. It's just the disparity of oh, hair between where that ends and the little poof on the top of your head starts. It's like you buzzed a space in between the two. <laughs> oh man, don't go to work like that. <laughs> I'm working from home. I mean, if you have to go into work, don't. <laughs> Wanna go back to your review My lens? Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad I got the reaction that I was looking for. Oh, the back is just like fuck. I don't even Billy know. Billy Ray Cyrus? It's it's not even that. It's like Billy Ray Cyrus if he was like, I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I needed a good roast on my birth for my birthday. <laughs> you did it to yourself for some reason. <laughs> That's not why you would do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's single, ladies. By the way, <laughs> this could be your life. <laughs> oh. 
It's just so weird. It's like you were going to the military and they gave you a flat top, but then they decided you weren't good enough for the military. <laughs> so they just faded off <laughs> It's like you thought you could be in like a break dancing crew and do like the kid and play hair and then you realize you didn't have any. <laughs> uh, all right. Back to this review about conspiracy theories. I'm not entirely convinced that this wasn't a conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is so I can put the tinfoil hat on yeah. <laughs> better. connection with the sides of your head. Yes. <laughs> it's an antenna. Help you get your thoughts in order or something. My theatin levels or whatever. <laughs> your thetans. Yeah, your thetans. It's it's like <laughs> it's like when you were a kid and you had the Play-Doh set where that was the hairstyling set and you would push the top down on the Play-Doh and the Play-Doh would come out of the top of the head. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> That's what that looks like. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. Issue 2 of the Department of Truth uh talks about the Satanic panic of the 80s. Were you privy to this in the 80s? Did you experience the adults being worried about children being taken by satanic cults and stuff like that? No, but I know of it from playing D&D, which was part of mm-hmm. parents thinking that was a big occult and everything. Yep. Uh, so I, yes, when I was younger, no. But when I got a little bit older, I learned some history of that stuff yeah so i had the uh distinct pleasure of growing up in a very small town in northern michigan where um that panic was real like there was always stories about people in the woods like having satanic rituals sacrificing children like daycares like being fronts for satanic activity and teaching these kids about satan and inducting them into Satanism and stuff like that. Um, So when I read this issue, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was a whole thing. Like, for an entire 10 years, adults everywhere were like, Satanism is the worst thing we could be dealing with right (laughs) right now. And all of our children are going to be abducted and brought to Satanism. And so, really, this issue was just very nostalgic for me. Um, (laughs) And they actually talk about, so, in the 80s, there was this daycare in New Jersey, um, for real, in real life, who, um, the, it was ran by a mother and her son, which is weird to begin with, who literally were arrested because the children in the daycare were saying, it was either daycare or preschool, I can't remember, were saying that, like, all this satanic shit was happening. Like, there were, the kids were being, like, flushed down the toilet through these secret passages into this satanic temple underneath the preschool, and babies were being eaten in front of them and shit. Like, it was fucked up shit these kids were saying. And turns out, of course, none of it was real. So these people got arrested and put in jail because they were subjecting these children to satanic rituals 
And really, it was just the police being like, hey, little three-year-old, did your teachers flush you down a toilet <laughs> into the secret tunnel? And the little three-year-old's like, sure. <laughs> of course they did, because an adult's telling me that it happened, so it must have. So, you know, that issue was a little, a little blast from the past for me. Um, the next issue was about the conspiracy theories related to the Sandy Hook shooting. Oh. That it didn't happen, that the kids were all actors, and <clears throat> it follows this mother, and they don't reference Sandy Hook in it, but it very clearly is that conspiracy. And they follow this mother whose child died in the school shooting and how, you know, people had gotten hold of her address and were sending her letters and calling her and telling her she was a liar and stuff like this. And the more she got it and the more stuff she read online, the more she was like, is this, is this not real? Is my son still alive? Like into that headspace where like it was better for her to think that her and her son acted this whole thing out to take people's guns away than it was that her son had actually died and at the end of it somebody had sent her a video of her and her kid like trying out for this acting role of the school shooting wow <clears throat> And, of course, the Department of Truth comes in and takes it all. Because it's not real. Like, none of it's real. It's still all conspiracy theories. But her believing in it was manifesting it into truth. Right? And she was going to release the video online as as proof that it never really happened. Which would have then mean, meant, probably, that it didn't happen. Because it would have became reality at that point. So, um, it was kind of a heart like I dare anyone to read this and not be like I can't believe anybody thinks that you know what I mean like mm -hmm. it's it's it they get into it and you you watch this mother and you hear what what I can only imagine happened to some actual people from that um and what they went through and all this stuff and it's just like oh my god fucking nuts people are nuts um I hope that the department of truth is real because <laughs> I certainly don't want any of this stuff to manifest into reality. Uh, but it is really good. It's just a really good way of looking at conspiracies and not giving them any sort of power, but just talking about them and then whoop, getting rid of them. So, so far so good. <clears throat> it was a really depressing review after you had taking your hat off and there all that joy in my life for a minute. Maybe it was going to be needed for you to get through that review. <laughs> oh, um, well, I'll move on to uh, Avengers number 40. You look like if a porcupine went through like a car wash and it stripped off all the quills off the side of its body. <laughs> <laughs> and only had the top. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonic the Hog. <sighs> uh, anyways, this is part one of Enter the Phoenix. Oh, oh. Wow. 
So I was, I'm surprised that you didn't want to review this. Or yeah, you're I not going to pick this I up. I wasn't even cognizant that it came out, and I'm happy that I was not aware of it. But I think I, I've asked you before. You are a Jean Grey fan, not a Phoenix fan. Correct. So all this shit doesn't reply to you. I like the idea of the Phoenix, but I like the idea of the Phoenix as Jean Grey. Like, that dynamic between those two things. <clears throat> like, when they did the Phoenix 5, like, I f- could care less. There was a, a meme that I saw that, if I can find it, I'll share it on the Facebook page. was pretty much, uh, what event do we got playing this year? Well, we use this and this, because it's Phoenix time again, because it... Uh, I think we talked about that when they announced that they were doing the, another yeah. Phoenix storyline. and line. was not looking forward to it. I have to say it, I still feel that way, but after reading this issue, I'm kind of like, at least it's not terrible. That's good. Uh, so, again, this is one of those starts off with you know, not knowing everything, and you really should read the, the previous book to this to get to know kind of the setup of what's going on. But even this kind of leaves you a little in the doubt of, what the fuck's going on. But it seems like there's a tournament, and everyone that was uh, in the Arctic where the new Avengers kind of tower in the Celestial and all their operations worldwide are are happening, and the Phoenix is out there, and this has uh, Steve Rogers fighting Doctor Doom, who's kind of like glowing fiery until you find out, oh, he's got Phoenix inside him, and he's like, I'm going to beat you. Well, then all of a sudden... You see Steve, the shield start being on fire, and Steve Rogers is embracing his Phoenix side because all these people are getting Phoenix forces, and you start to learn that it's a tournament to... Uh, there'll be one survivor, and that person gets the Phoenix force. And they're kind of explaining how the, the Phoenix force uh, within each person... It's... Again, so, I don't need this reason for them to all fight. Are they Are they saying that this is just a power that people are wielding, or are they actually going off the fact that the Phoenix is a whole separate entity? Oh, the Phoenix is a whole separate entity. Uh, so T'Challa hooked himself up to the Celestial to be able to talk cosmically with it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of an ingenious just... And it was just, like, three panels. They kind of just threw that in there. Like, matter of fact, I'm smart enough, I'm going to hook this up to my vibranium suit and we're going to make contact with it and try to talk to it but that didn't really do anything because next what happens is Namor comes up and is like I'm going to claim it uh, she's going to be my my bride and we're going to rule the world and blah 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 So he's, he's... going to marry a fiery space entity yes I, don't know. I mean it's a entity. he's such a fucking cocky piece of shit <laughs> I was going to say cunt, but yeah, I mean, cocky piece of shit works too. He's a cocky piece of shit, yeah. And from there, then, it gets back into the now of them fighting. So something went awry when he was coming up to to claim the Phoenix when it was just chilling there in front of the Avengers Celestial. And, again, the, the fight was pretty good. I do not like just the fiery feel and color because I really feel there should be more blues just popping Mm-hmm. Uh, or darker uh, colors and oh, shades. There's a bunch of blue. They're asking yeah. you shall receive. But uh, <laughs> in all things with this, it, it ends with not. I I do, don't know what the hell's going on in either of the heroes. Uh, one of the great things, though, was at one point when Steve uh, was talking about how 
he, you know, he will never give up and this and that. And it seems like when Doom had him defeated, that the Phoenix is going, likes that uh, personality of a person more, that uh, resolve that Mm -hmm. Steve Rogers has and heroes kind of have. And so Doom's kind of like, you know, whatever it is you're searching for in a host Phoenix, it is clearly not I. Doom forfeits. And then just leaves. He wanted the power, but then just like, and I'm like, okay, uh, this is what didn't go where I wanted it to go. And I love when comic books do a, mm-hmm. a 180. So now I'm leaving a little bit more intrigued. And then he wakes up in like this void where there's other people here and, you know, who's next? So there's obviously going to be some tournament. It's going to be kind of an AVX type thing. <clears throat> what is this called? What is the name of this? It's just Avengers, but no, it's... No, no, What is the name of the... Enter the Phoenix. Oh, like Enter the Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if this is... Stupid. I feel like this is going to probably span over some different books because it's a big event uh, and maybe the the main story, you know, takes place. I don't think I'm going to get into a lot of the separate ones unless there is a cool fight. I do... As shoehorned as I feel these tournaments and these things are, you can sometimes get a decent battle out of two heroes that you never thought you could... Um, really when it comes to a good guy and bad guy, it just takes a writer to make that story happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like you need to do this, but there are few, I'm just trying to put that one spec out there of like, sometimes things good can happen. Looking at this cover with all of them in their little Phoenix outfits. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I saw a review online of someone saying, this is what Ave- our, um, X of swords should have been. I'm like, uh, no. Ten of Swords was really wild and went in many different directions with new characters. There were a shit ton of new characters in it, which made it fresh. Sure, it was a battle world scenario like this is going to be. Mm -hmm. But that was really a thing that I thought there was going to be real consequences. And there were. There's. So do they talk about how, like, why is, like, do they get into why the, why, why? Why is the Phoenix... Looking, looking for, for why host. is it because Gene rejected it or like does it even get into that because that's how Gene returned right she faced the Phoenix Force and was like be gone ye yeah <laughs> I will never host you again well they did mention how they are getting no telepaths anywhere near the Arctic for safety reasons and everything I do like in this they uh, I believe it's Tony who asked like where are you at on this to Wolverine? Because Wolverine's part of the Avengers now. And he's like, hey, we got no problem with you guys. You know, this is something that will help, you know, defeat as well. So really trying to set up of it's not going to turn into another AVX type uh, mm, situation. With the Phoenix Five. Yeah, which would be good. Well, yeah, there's a Phoenix bajillion now if it's going to give everyone Phoenix powers until they... And what does that even mean? It's a tournament to find out who's the best like, to wield give, the power. Does it give everybody, like, a different... Like, does it just enhance their own powers? Because I feel like that's what it did to Jean, right? Was it kind of just enhanced her natural powers to, like, a godlike state? So does that mean, like, Wolverine's healing factor is going to be... Super... super it can, yeah, and, it like, can withstand a blast from the Phoenix. He's going to get his fucking flame... Flame... Swords, sword, or... Finger, not sword, yeah. Knife, oh, what claws? claws. <laughs> we came up with it eventually. <laughs> flame claws back, or I like I, I don't know. 
maybe this goes I don't feel like they ever really truly explained they didn't explain when he became the phoenix in the future really that I can remember I mean it was two years ago but yeah I still that's a myth so maybe this is I do like uh, there was another book and I forget which one it was where they were looking in the future I don't think it was Thor but it was a future uh, phoenix looking thing with claws so you're like we already saw him come back in time and interact with things. So in the future, there is a future Phoenix mm-hmm. Logan. Cool, awesome. That's canon, I guess, for things in the future. But I still am kind of curious when that, that happens in the long time run of him. Maybe this is it. Who knows? Maybe he gets to be the Chosen after this one. I doubt it. But <sighs> just leave the Phoenix alone. Just leave it alone. It doesn't need to be here. Like, but you could also, like in any of these events, substitute Phoenix for Cosmic Cube. Substitute it for the Beyonder. Substitute it for... Yeah. In, I mean, Infinity Gauntlet more is a search and heist type of when you really put it in there. But any entity that can really manipulate mm-hmm. and enhance people's powers could really be in this place. Right. Why the Phoenix being what it is, which is... A force. Mm-hmm. Not really having that much of a will, they've really retconned how this entity. Yeah, they have. Just has this free will of wanting to do things, right. good or bad. Well, and the, the whole point of the Phoenix is to come tear some shit down and then let things be reborn, right? So is this a way of them, like, rebooting? Because isn't, isn't there supposed to be, like, a reboot after this? Like a whole DC year one sort of reboot? I don't, I don't think so. I doubt that. Maybe they'll do some shifting of books, but I don't think... Who knows? It could. I mean, normally that's what happens with the Phoenix. I would just... I'm Phoenixed out. It's, I am too. Well, because here's the thing. With it being a force of nature, um, you got to look at then... Uh, I always go to Galactus and explaining he is a force of nature. He is, his hunger is what drives his character, and he is not inherently a bad person. He can't go against his nature, and he was just born that way. And he may not, he has the will to sometimes save some planets, but really he needs to keep hungering, and he has his other Mm -hmm. purposes in life. So if you say the Phoenix has the power to destroy and rebuild, but you give it such a free will that it can make decisions, what you're saying is this thing is fucking evil because it is destroying a lot of things. Like, it's more evil than Galactus Mm -hmm. because Galactus can't help it. Yeah. If you would have just left this alone and said that it randomly goes around the universe and does these things, again, then you take away that uh, evilness Mm -hmm. inside it and... And now it just wants another host to, to do what? To rain destruction as well? Like, yeah. I don't ever really get that part of the Phoenix lore either. Why do you need a host then? Right. What does the host give to right. the Phoenix? Yeah. Well, and it always used to be that, like, I mean, originally it was that this was a power that Jean manifested, and then they retconned it to because she killed planets. Right. Well, I like the the and new... then they retconned it so that it was a force that had taken over her, so that Jean would be held responsible for the death of millions and millions of other beings. I mean, out of all retcons, I enjoy that more of it. Yeah. When the MCon crystal being like center, I like that a little bit more, and that's what's canon now, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it was always like a um the phoenix bonded with gene because of the situation that she was in when it became part of her and it, it, it enjoyed that bond right which is why it would always come back and bond like it bonded with Rachel Summers and it and it bonded with um one of the um Shiar, I think, at some point in time. I can't remember his name. But it bonded with him. He was a tell. Like, it just, it enjoyed that bond with the person that it chose. And the bond was important. Well, not, it's <laughs> not, I guess. The Phoenix is a huge slut now, right? It's yep. basically what they're saying. Like, it, I guess maybe it, it got split into those five pieces for the Phoenix Five, and it was like oh, was a lot of fun. <laughs> I want to do more. Mm, gang bang. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know if I'll read this. I think I'll just rely on you to let me know how it's going. Okay. I mean, I I, I still read yeah. the Avengers books, so I'm going to at least read yeah. that main line of of comics. I can't. And it's like you know, there's no gene in it, so what's the point? <laughs> Yet. Maybe she's the one that saves the day, and maybe, maybe she'll find she'll come back and be like, "All right, fine. I told you that you couldn't be part of me anymore, but in order to cast. save the world, I will." <sighs> um, booze in a book is King in Black Iron Man Doom number one. So this was a one shot, and I have been meaning to get into King in the Black, but I haven't read. Uh, Venom or some spider books in a good while. I have some. Just Charles kind of filled that void for me, and mm -hmm. he was kind of letting me keep me on the up and up about what's going on. Well, Charles is no longer around. He is alive. He did wish me Merry Christmas. He wished me Merry Christmas, too. And then didn't respond to any of my responses, so <laughs> fuck him still. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know what's going on in the overall story of The King in Black. I do plan on reading at least this story arc and what's going on with that. But this starts off with explaining that Eddie Brock is dead and Tony Stark made his extremist virus back but bonded it with a symbiote. So it's a techno-organic type thing, which I have feelings that might turn wrong in the long run later. But overall, I was able to follow this story because, again, it was a one-shot, um, and it has... Tony and Dr. Doom. So it was kind of also a reason to read it because I do like Doom stories. But has them just chatting. So whether there was some interaction before um, within the overall story arc, I don't know. But they're just chilling on a roof. You can see like the symbiotes have kind of started taking over because uh, Null, the, the god, god of the, the parasites, yeah. yeah, pretty much is you know taking over the earth or new york at least so you see this techno organic type of tony and him and doom are just talking about things he already kind of had a memory in the past of like getting a building for christmas from his dad and then his dad's like it's from santa and he's like i know you know like that mm. it's christmas and i thought that was just kind of a random throwaway as well as the cover has a picture of santa and a symbiote on it but i just thought it was like because this came out at Christmas. No, this is a Christmas story. So again, as I was telling you, there were some still Christmas books because Santa is in this. And when they look up, they're like, that's impossible. But no, it's it's 
Santa Claus, except for uh, Sleigh Bell Sting in Perdition. Mm. And he kind of just... He's the Santa Claus from Futurama. Oh, the bad robot, yeah. the robot Santa? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this is a Santa that has been taken over by symbiotes. Mm. So not venomized, like how they've done, but pretty much you can see the, the tendrils and everything going over the sleigh and the reindeer. And, the, you know, he's like, oh, my God, they nullified Santa. And what's funny about this is that they're they're talking about how they don't want to, um, well, kill Santa. Right. But also, they're going to have to stop him. The scene where they're like, watch out for the reindeer, and then they're just puking this uh, gross goo was like, kind of like, almost like a horror movie. And I was really honestly feeling this is a little bit more adultish for a Marvel book of kind of what they're doing, you know? Uh, yeah. Just having this evil Santa kind of just kind of wreck both Doom and, and Iron Man. And they had some good, uh, you know talk between amongst themselves and even Iron Man saying like really you don't you don't believe in Santa like he's right there and everything and they eventually can they save the day save the Santa what I love the most is like you know watch you know Victor just shut up and then quick grab him before he turns into Santa side because he falls and then he just uh falls straight through a car he's like okay uh well it was an accident you saw that right like you know didn't, didn't really mean to kill Santa. Ultimately, he comes out and they defeat him and they find out that he's a random Joe Blow. So, obviously, a mall Santa. So, mm. he's not the real Santa. This is just something, again, to give that that thought of you don't want to really have the guys beating up Santa. Right. But having him just be a random, you know, Santa, that's fine. However. <laughs> that's fine. There's some dude from the mall. Let's kick the shit out of him. That's okay. He's not a magical being. He might die. <laughs> but it's one of those things, though, where, you know, what is the magic of Christmas? And that's kind of how this ends uh, with kind of Iron Man saying, like, because Santa talked to them both when he was battling them and then knew their names, but then was like, oh, and you are, you're Tony. You're on the nice list. And Victor, you're on the evil list. And Tony's kind of getting a little more like, maybe I should believe in Santa. Like, and Doom's kind of being that person there of like, well, our secret, our identities aren't that secret, you know. He could have known that. But really, it kind of gets to that part part of, like, you know, don't let go of all the magic in the world, Victor, when Iron Man's leaving, you know. And just this little thing of Victor then thinking, like, well, because he's really trying to be, like, there is no Santa Claus. Could Santa Claus be a Sorcerer Supreme? Like, maybe he's magical in that sense. And, I just, and then it just ends. Wait a minute. Well, yeah, we know that from talking about it. But I just like that him, the whole point of this was somehow a, a buddy, buddy them up, have them talk about those differences that most people do with Christmas. Is it real? Is it not? Let the believer believe that and hopefully convincing that doubter of there is some spark of magic. But then Victor being a, a very pragmatic person and logical person, like there's no Santa Claus I would know this. But then him kind of like almost coming to that that small possibility of maybe is what really it was the magic spirit and it sold sold Aww. it for me. So I really like that. So pairing that with a bad Santa from Pelican Brewing, which is just a regular dark uh, ale, mm. uh, nothing too special with it. But obviously having a bad Santa in this book and then 
a beer named I Bad see. Santa. Yeah. I see the connection. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really kind of blatant when you yeah. just spell it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask Santa for this haircut? <laughs> Because if you did, I no longer believe in Santa. <laughs> you look like you swept your bathroom and then took all the little hairs that you swept up from your bathroom floor and just put them on top of your head. <laughs> well, it was my birthday. Most people wish me happy birthdays and such. Uh... I wished you happy birthday on your birthday. I did. No, technically, yeah. Day of recording this, it's no longer my no. birthday. And the day of releasing this is no longer either. No, you only get one day, Tony. One day is your birthday. Just one. But I'm going to rock this haircut year-round. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, forever alone, Tony. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to 2021. <laughs> and with that, stay thirsty for a better year than the dumpster fire we had you should let it grow out tall but not mohawk it just like straight up like an 80s horror like a villain from an 80s movie just straight up like a column of hair on top of your head (laughs) (laughs) you can set stuff on it (laughs) You hit people with it. You could hide stuff in it. <laughs> you can put it in a ponytail. Are you done? <laughs> Never. I yeah, I'm done.